Hello, folks. This is Princess. You are listening to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share with your friends. It's tough. We're in a very tough spot. I think that what we're doing right now is of great benefit and virtue because it's an end around between this whole corrupt informational system, media system. We claim to believe in a God who spoke the universe into existence and literally raised himself from the dead. And yet we're not going to believe that anything else exists in the spirit realm, even though his word tells us that they do. Their bodies weren't permitted to go to sleep like humans do. And they weren't permitted to go to heaven. So they wander the earth. You know, I've seen the eyes turn black to unknown tongues being spoken. These giants would live way up in the highland. The young braves, the young men would hide up in the trees and wait for one of these 12 footers to come walking down the path and they would jump on them and kill them and drag them back to the village and the village would feast on the body. Then people start to get weapons, they start to get armor, they start to build cities, they start to fortify their cities. Now, God looks down and there's violence everywhere. The battle, this war that we are at, is not against each other. It's against these principalities and these rulers and these archons in the high places. It's really worthwhile to read the Bible yourself. Fear is one of the primary drivers of mind control because we have to take every thought captive and resist fear. You're going to have a testimony that is a justice case against the kingdom of darkness. Welcome back to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. I am your host, Rod, and thank you for being here with me again. I have a bombshell episode for you guys. This is a part one with the one and only Dr. Robert Rodich. And we have a fascinating conversation. Let me just tell you that right off the bat. This is one for the records. You guys, this is part one of many parts. Just a little glimpse to what's come down the pipeline. We have a lot of territory to cover. He's a well-established author. He's been a pastor, had pastored for, I think it was like 30 years at some point. He's getting ready real soon here to celebrate his 70th birthday. He's an interesting man with quite a story to tell. And his research and some of the methods he uses, I don't know if many people are going to be aware of what Dr does but it's fascinating and i have to testify it works (laughs) and this is one of those conversations that just will keep you coming back for more because i'm on the edge of my seat for the next time i have him on the podcast which shouldn't be too far down the road but what you guys have to look forward to on this recording is enough for the time being we talk about frequency his testimony We talk all about the spiritual realm, sonship of God, the enemy, the good guys, aliens. I mean, we dive into like every topic on this one and still get a bit of his testimony. And there's so much more to cover. But listen, I need you guys to partner with me. I left a link in the show description. You guys can go to Give, Send, Go. You can find the Cash App, the Venmo. You can go right to 
Spotify for podcasters and donate monthly. Please keep us in prayer and please help us out in our time of need. Everything that you guys do, it makes a difference. You guys keep us in the airways and that is necessary in the days that we are living in. And please, my peeps, I need you guys to leave me that five-star rating and review. That helps the show grow. So I won't waste any more time. I am ready to dive into this episode. Are you guys ready? Let's go. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Robert Rodich, and we'd like to welcome you to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast, and we're glad you decided to join us today. So welcome. Dr. Robert, that was an awesome introduction, and I'm happy to have you here, man. We've had a couple conversations, and I am excited to have you here on this episode with me. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you, Ron. I came across you in a very unique way, and I'm glad that God works all things together for the good and he's mysterious and how he connects us together. It's it's an interesting journey. It's an interesting journey, isn't it? Yes, it is. I kind of want to start at the beginning a little bit here. And I'd like to ask you just to dive into telling us how you became Dr. Robert Rodish that you are today. Wow. Well, now keep in mind that uh, on the day that we're, we're, taping this, if that's the proper term for a podcast, um, I'm just a little less than a month away from having my 70th birthday. So I've been around for a little while. And I go back to where I was saved in the early 1970s, and it would have been the end of the Jesus movement, which this movie that just came out recently. Now, I wasn't one of the guys in the movie, but it was so funny when I saw all those hippie types up there um, playing their musical instruments and things like that. Um, I was one of those guys on the platform at a church after just getting saved with the long hair and everything. And they asked us to come in and, and do worship songs. Of course, we didn't know any of the songs that were in the hymnal or anything like that at that point, which I know them all by heart now. And I could even tell you in some days what page, what the song was, you know, after you've been around a while, we didn't have any of that in those days. So, uh, you know, we sang, you know, all the kind of Jesus tunes that they were was going around. And so I, I did get wonderfully and gloriously saved in the early 70s, knew almost immediately that I had some kind of a call on my life. And what was also interesting, Rob, is that the gifts of the Holy Spirit started operating fairly quickly in my life. I just mm. had words of wisdom, words of knowledge, uh, was filled with the Holy Spirit very soon after becoming a believer. And sorry to some of our evangelical friends who think you get everything all at one time. That wasn't my personal experience. Um, so I just said, well, what do I do? Well, the Assemblies of God at that time had a wonderful and probably still do training program that you were, we were able to do through correspondence. In those days, there was nothing online at all. I mean, we were lucky we could afford telephones in some cases and just <laughs> landlines, you know, let yeah. alone cell phones, not even a thought 50 years ago. Yeah. So I started my training and then eventually went to the university and, and eventually got a doctorate of divinity degree. But in my ministry with the assemblies of God, which lasted for nearly 30 years, I would be, um, 
an individual that they would send into oh churches that were maybe had either had trouble or were struggling a little bit and they just wanted a foundation laid so you know i can't sit here you know i would be totally telling a mistruth if i said oh yeah we started with eight people and we ended up with twenty-five thousand. you know how some people are well that you know no big fish stories here you know we'd go in and there'd be maybe 20 people 25 people and by the time we left it would be 125 200 people and then the growth would take place afterwards we check back a couple of years later and you know they would be running three or four hundred people which for little communities was wonderful so that's where I spent the majority of my time between Iowa and Tennessee. Eventually, um, you know, I realized fairly early on that, hey, um, if I'm going to go into a church setting where they can't really pay me any money, I need to have a skill. Well, to show you how things can happen sometimes, all of a sudden I developed kind of a health issue and... Uh, nobody could solve it. It wasn't anything like super major. They'd all just tell me, hey, go home. There's nothing we can do about it. And so as the Lord led, I found a lady chiropractor that said, uh, listen, you need to go see if you can get into this guy. His name is Dr. D.A. Versendahl, and he teaches a muscle testing technique called contact reflex analysis. And if you can get in, he may have some answers for you. So when I filled out the forms, I put my DD down. Well, I think that they thought that I had forgotten an S and let me in thinking that I was a dentist. Oh, and, <laughs> and so when I got in, I was able, he, you know, he, he, I introduced myself and, uh, and he, he just, for some reason, he just liked me right away. So he said, man, you can stay, man. Don't worry about it. Well, then in the process, now I'm kind of going over everything lickety split here. I mean, there's obviously years of ministry, tremendous healings, people being saved, you know, the things that you would expect just from normal fruit from ministry. But we're kind of getting to where the focus is today. So Dr. Versendahl at this particular meeting, I believe it was in Dallas, Texas, back uh, in the early 90s said, does anybody have any inroads into President Ronald Reagan? Because I just understand that um, he was uh, diagnosed with Alzheimer's and I'd really like to try to help him. So during the break, I went up and I said, well, Dr. Versendahl, I said, I can't make any promises. But it just so happens that I have an uncle that my whole life I've been calling Uncle Moon, like sun and moon. Well, his name, that was his nickname. Didn't even know till after that, that his first name was Neil. His last name just happened to be Reagan. So he's Ronald Reagan's brother, who is my great uncle. So I contacted him and his wife, and unfortunately, Ronald Reagan's wife, Nancy, who was into some kind of interesting stuff, to say the least, kind of acted as his gatekeeper, and we were never able to get through. But yet just the opportunity, Dr. Versendahl was so grateful he paid for my education so that I got a second doctorate level in clinical nutrition. And so that became a way that I could help my family, you know, go through the, you know, get clothes and food and things like that so that uh, I could still pastor at the same time. And I became actually really, really good at finding nutritional deficiencies for people and connecting them with 
wonderful nutritional protocols that especially back in the 90s into the early 2000s worked really, really well until they started spraying all the garbage in the skies and oh, even, wow. you know, yep. even messing the food up better and things like that. So um, in a nutshell, that's how I got at least to close to where I'm at today. So definitely some highlights there. It's very interesting journey. I love the mystery of how God works in and through us to cause his will to come about. And sometimes we don't always know exactly where we're going or what's taking place, but uh, it's definitely important to listen to that still small voice, right? So absolutely. Yeah. I want to ask you this real quick before we start diving deeper into your book and what it is that you do just from how long that you've been serving Christ and as much of that you've seen change over all these years, what's one of the things within Christianity that you've seen for the positive uh, as a whole, not just like a local church or local body, but uh, in the Western hemisphere here, what's a positive thing that you've seen maintain true to the gospel? And what are some of the negatives that, you know, like the stigmas or, or just anything that's kind of has a, a wow. negative overarch with Christianity. Can you just hit maybe one or well, two things? Well, yeah, when I asked you if you had any questions written down that, you know, you that's a really good one, man. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, overall, uh, and I don't, I am not a negative person. In fact, I kind of squelch negativity, but neither am I like on the gushy sh- side of positive either. You know, I'm kind of yeah, you know, you know, it's, it's kind of yeah. like, yeah, I hope I'm balanced at least, <laughs> and and it's kind of like, you know, because you really do need to see things for what they are. Most of what I've seen in the last, because I only can go back, you know, I'm almost seventy, so I was nearly twenty years old when I got saved. So, so I've been around for fifty years in in the church, and I would have to say this: in the early days of things, I think people were much more caring. And not even in people's business, but just genuinely caring that they are today. That, that, would, be, that would be one of my observations. Um, being, having a charismatic or what people would call Pentecostal background from almost day one, because that's the way the Lord moved on me. Um, I would say that it was really exciting in those early days to have people that were left over from a lot of the great ten tent revivals and who, people who had seen Branham and A.A. A. Allen and um, how they reached out in so many ways. And I mean, if you had a need, man, I mean, they were there. Now, wow. having said that, I know that there's still individuals within churches today that will do that because I've heard many wonderful stories, but it yeah. doesn't seem to be church-wide because everybody seems to be otherwise focused, you know, soccer for their kids, uh, you know, which uh, no offense, but I don't even like soccer, but you know, I'm, (laughs) I'm a tennis and and American football and baseball guy. So that's just the way it is, but you know, it's cool. It has its place. And so, so the positives are still that Jesus has never changed. Amen. His, his word has ever powerful. One of my big surprises is that as I begin digging into the original languages, I begin to discover that in, in fact, um, 
the word itself is more powerful than I could have imagined. So in the English, for instance, I have to say that in some cases, a lot is lost. Now, it doesn't mean it changed the meaning overall, but on a scale of like zero to 10, the English maybe throws out a three or a four in either Aramaic, Greek, or Hebrew. It's like an eight or a nine in, or 10 even in volume. And wow. so, and so we're, we're starting to discover things like that more and more. Now, now I realize you asked me about the church, but the church is who teaches this stuff. Yeah, exactly. So for instance, um, I was doing a word study not long ago and I realized that there was three different levels of power in relationship to, you know, to our, our intimacy with the Lord. And one of them is exosia, which is kind of the authoritative thing. You know, anybody, I don't care whether you're Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, you have the authority to cast out a devil in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, but then there's the dunamos, depending on how somebody, it comes from the word, you know, what we get the word dynamite from. Well, that comes after the baptism in the Holy, with the Holy Spirit in speaking in tongues, which you, I'm sorry, but the two do go together because you're not going to be speaking in heavenly code if you don't have the tongue. So, you know, some people really just need to get over that whole thing. And but it's it's a dynamic for today. And and, and the Holy Spirit gets actively involved. And that's where tremendous levels of his presence can flow. But in the English language, in several verses, it'll say it'll say power and then it'll say power again. But they're not the same word. There's a third level of power, kratos. I believe it's spelled K-R-A-T-O-S. That's resurrection power. That's the power that raised Jesus from the dead. And that's the power that we're supposed to be walking in today. So all three combined, well, everybody's teaching the first two, but, you know, okay, we're moving on from maybe a nine volt battery to 110 now we're moving into 440 and it seems like there's not enough electricians around wow okay so that brings with it a whole thing so so those are the things that that i'm noticing in the interaction between the, the church and you know so yeah. there's like positives at the same time that there are negatives especially in some of the smaller communities. I watch some of my family on Facebook. I'm so excited to see a lot of my nieces and nephews, mainly because of the testimony of my dad who passed away fairly recently, but he was just a real uh, pillar up in Southeastern Iowa in, in the community. And he, a prayer pillar, especially so many of them are getting saved. They're in their, their church on Saturday night. They're doing this, they're running all over. So, so especially in the smaller communities, wonderful things still happen are happening are going to happen but the one thing that i'm yearning for is that book of daniel which is already being opened that part where the lord said seal it up until the end it is being opened and i think we need to be able to expand and stretch in order to walk in that kind of stuff and if i'm seeing some struggles today rod it's because people are trying to hang on to what they're familiar with instead of letting God expand them more into the presence and image of his son, which is beyond dynamic. It becomes electrifying. And wow. But that also takes that also takes a level of dedication 
that many people are just too busy with life's things to, to be able to give. Oh my gosh. Wow. I'm excited just in this first, uh, first couple of questions. I'm excited because your responses are spot on. I'm definitely in agreement with what you're saying and it, great observation with what you've seen over the last 50 years within Christianity. I think you really hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, there's some basic like level one duties that we have, like bearing each other's burdens and so fulfilling the law, right? Love being this greatest commandment. And we do see a lot of like kind of tribe and clickiness within Christianity. And then the word study stuff, man, that is so important because one thing doc is recently, you know, this Mandela effect in the Bible is kind of a topic of conversation among some people. And I did cover an episode with a gentleman who wrote a book about it. And I, and I was in disagreement to an extent. I understood some things were eh, very provocative to say the least, but with language, you know, we say the word, Oh, I love these shoes, right? Oh, I love this new song. It's like, we've stolen the actual essence and the meaning of these words. So our, our local cadence, our, our slang, our language has been shifted and altered so much and it's more important now than ever to jump into the word studies using a Septuagint, a concordance. I mean, just really slowing down and understanding what was said. You're well, can I, give, can I give you an example on that using yes, the word love do. before you get please too do. far in? Because then I'll forget, you know, that's part of being 70. So sorry. I understand. Uh, yes. <laughs> but, but for instance, okay, the scripture that tells us that perfect love casts out all fear. Okay, so, I mean, there's whole doctrines built around stuff like that, right? Well, if you look it up in the original, what it really means is, is that when your love becomes mature, you will no longer walk in fear, but you'll be walking in the glory and in the presence and the confidence of the Savior. Now, when you take it for what it really says, it gives room in there, not because we don't want to be afraid ever. That's not, you know, you know, you know, and then perfect love casts out all fear, you know, that kind of thing. Well, that's true, but, but as we move on, we need to realize that, hey, okay, I've, let's say somebody's been saved for 15 years and all of a sudden they face something they've never faced before. Don't go around beating yourself just because you didn't behave perfectly. You know, you don't, you know, I mean, hopefully you didn't do anything that's going to end you up in jail, but you understand what I'm saying. I mean, it's, it's yeah. like sometimes, you know by the standard that the perfect church people set, maybe you were only 80% and shame on you because you weren't 95 like the rest of them. Wow. Okay. okay. You see, you see what I'm saying? Yes. So, yeah. so there's, if you look at it in the original language, it doesn't change that perfect love does cast out all fear, but what it does is it gives room for growth. And that's the contextual part of it that somehow English just doesn't carry a lot of the time. And, and so, you know, that's just to your point. Yeah. And what's really going on with this English language? I mean, I've been doing some deep dives into it with the Mandela effect examples that were portrayed to me. And I, there's, there's something wrong with it. I haven't quite pinpointed it. I don't want to speak from a place of like, I have resources and, and evidence that, can hint towards my conjecture, but it, you're so spot on. And this is what real students of the Bible will do. 
because there's, there's no, um, great victory and winning over a bunch of people to this Mandela effect idea of the Bible changing that aren't actually studying and have a personal relationship with Christ. All you're doing is sweeping up people from the floor that, that don't have a care, right? They're not hiding the word in their heart, you know, that they might not sin against God, right? There, there's no studying to show themselves well approved and with fear and trembling, working out their salvation. Sure. And the people I'm looking for are the people who are really going, hold on, let's slow down. Let's look at this. Let's make sure we have the big picture here. So a great example. I mean, yeah, you build on that point. I couldn't add anything to it, but um, I definitely would like to dive deeper into that um, in the future. Just word study. Sure. I have some things in mind, the importance of it, or just, it's imperative. It's imperative. Yeah. I mean, just let me know, but I can address the Mandela effect a little bit. I don't know if it's too early in the broadcast. So no, it's, it's not too early at all. I think the reason I brought it up is because just to make a real quick point, and then I'd like you to address the Mandela effect from your perspective and show us what, what you're seeing, what's going on here. But a lot of the verses that are being used are to express this Mandela effect change or King James only. And one of the things that was an off put for me, doc, is when I went to the concordance and started to look at root words, I was told, Oh no, you can't do that. The Mandela effect is based on this memory reaction. If one of the verses was like, judge, not blank, you be judged. And I just remembered saying, lest you be judged. And then the guy's mm-hmm. like, that's not anywhere in the Bible. That doesn't exist. It's the Mandela effect. The world is ending. Reptilians are taking over everything. Right. And it's like, oh my gosh, hold on, slow down. If that's culturally relevant here in the West <laughs> and there's doctrines that have exploded in within social media and there's, you know, relevant teachings that people get that stuff seeded into the subconscious. And let's just be honest, most of us aren't diving into the word for ourselves. A lot of the past history, at least in my short time walking within quote unquote Christianity, or just following after the Lord and being aware of all these little tribes of Christian uh, denominations, it's really easy just to get caught up into one man standing in front of the room, you know, here, take my parable, take what I'm saying. You might read a couple verses in that congregation and then move on. But there's something terribly wrong with that. So I'm I'm very interested to hear what your perspective is on this. Well, I mean, first of all, I'm not saying there's not a Mandela effect because I remember the whole lion and the lamb thing versus the wolf and the lamb. And it's like, okay, so I even went upstairs and this has been several years ago because I had a Bible that I hadn't opened in probably 30 years. And and I thought, okay, now how did that get changed in there, even though it's been sitting here for 30 years? So, you know, so that's an interesting phenomenon, just like the flat earth thing. Okay. You know, and I won't even go into that. I don't really care if, the, if we're sitting on a pinhead somewhere, we're still doing what we're doing. Um, you know, so, but the whole, the whole thing is what the enemy's camp is doing is trying to keep us dumbed down. Now, you say, well, how does that relate to the, the, the Mandela effect? Well, because some people, and not a lot, but some people will just, you know, throw them whole selves into it and, you know, trying to become, you know, to prove that the earth is flat and, you know, prove that, you know, the Mandela effect is out there. And, and we all know what it's talking about, that, you know, first he was dead and now he's not. And, that you know, it's this word and then now it says this. But think about it. If somehow in that process we can be kept from understanding what true sonship is and how closely 
created because of the second Adam, that we are to the Son of God and Son of Man because of the new birth from above. If they can keep us from operating in what the Bible really says about what that process is to where we walk into fullness of sonship, then they're not going to have anybody that's really going to be any threat to what they're doing. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Who am I speaking of? Well, hopefully your casts go all over the place, but they're going to be listened to probably by government officials, by people that are Satanists and all over. And it's like, okay, here's my word to you all. We're not all stupid out here. I've been known for almost my full 50 years as a believer that you're out there, you're trying to control things, but guess what? God is unveiling the sons of God. We are going to be operating at levels of authority and power and energy and frequencies that you've never seen before. It doesn't matter how much you get AI involved. You've never seen this before. We're rising up in the power and image of the Son of God. And just because you've maybe figured out a way to tweak the time continuum a little bit, you haven't seen anything about what's getting ready to come. It's like uh, Bobby Boucher, played by Adam Sandler. He said, I'm getting ready to open up a can of blank blank on you. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yes. And and so and so what the enemy's camp wants us to do using the Bobby Boucher um, analogy is to even if we soup up our lawnmower they still want us riding around on a lawnmower and not a vehicle. Hmm. Okay. So so that's wow. what most of these things are. They're distractions. Yeah. Okay, then somebody also come up and say, "Well, The word's really wrong in so many areas. No, it's not wrong. It's been dumbed down. Can we be adults and realize that when I go into certain circles, which is dangerous for them, not for me, I'll have people come up to me and say, brother, why don't you use the same Bible that Paul used? Oh, what is that? The 1611 King James? Yes, sir. That's the one that Paul used. I said, but it was written in 1611 and Paul was around in the first century. Well, you know what I mean. Well, okay. Well, none of them are as accurate as they should be because again, we lose the meanings. We lose, let me give, let me give you a, a, a real quick illustration because we don't want to get down too many rabbit holes here, but My grandmother and grandfather on my dad's side were what most people would recognize from the former Yugoslavia, although when they came to the United States in the early 1900s, it was actually part the part they came from, even though they were Serbian people, came from a part of what is now modern-day Croatia, but it was part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. And when I was around, and I spent a lot of time with them, um, and when we would myself or my cousin who was real close to my age we'd do something silly she'd she'd go around and she'd make this statement she'd say tolde tolde benesta 
Well, I always took that to mean you guys are just being crazy. Why are you acting crazy? Well, finally, several years after she passed, I'm sitting around talking with my my Aunt Zona. And I said, Aunt Zona, what was this term um, that Grandma used to use when she said we we're acting silly and crazy? And, and, and I told her what it was. And because I said, I've been studying the, the Serbo-Croatian language and I can't find it anywhere. She said, oh, well, in the village they were from, there was a man who would be considered slow or partially retarded. And he would just do silly things. And his name was Tode Benista. And so here, <laughs> my whole life, I thought that saying you're crazy in the head, which actually in that language is Luda Glava, crazy head. And so when I, when I found that out, I said, where did this come from? Well, my whole life, I'm thinking that crazy in the head is Tode Benista. And it was a guy's name. <laughs> So, so there's a lot of that kind of stuff that we miss because we weren't walking those roads. We didn't understand the customs, but let me tell you something. They also knew back in the times of Christ, they also knew the book of Enoch very well. They knew about the pantheon of gods and what they were really doing instead of what our scientists today say they did. And so, so there's, you know, if we want to open up a whole can of worms, we can just go on and on and on and on. But the bottom line is, is that most of those things, even if they have validity, so I'm not going to really comment on that part much one way or another, are all distractions. Because if we come up and realize who we are as sons and daughters of the living King, and we start doing the inner work that it takes to get the filters and static out of the way, and the Lord of glory comes in and starts flowing through us, it's going to shake the world up. Exactly. Wow, that is powerful. And hey, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and our testimony. So if we're focused on anything else other than our testimony, what God is doing in our lives, how he's working it out, how we've repented, we're being sanctified, we're coming to the throne of grace boldly in time of need. If if our focus is not on that, we're, we're subtracted out with all these other conspiracies and ideas. And there's a time and a place to talk about this stuff. I mean, obviously oh, here sure. on this show, wide spectrum of different things that, that I've covered over the last couple of years, which is important, but always, this is one of the things I'm always trying to take this point where it's like, I want to express God's glory, his magnificence, who he is. I, I, not that I have the greatest revelation of that, but, but I have that tugging, that feeling on the inside. Wonderful. He's so much bigger and so much more powerful than any of us could imagine. And like L.A. Marzulli would say, this is a cosmic chess match and we can't get stuck in our own little bubble all the time. (laughs) So great answers there, Doc. That's phenomenal. Well, hey, I got to be honest with you. Nobody loves ancient aliens more than me and UFO (laughs) stories. I mean, I I go back to the days when um, uh, Neville Brand was in some show in the 50s where you could see the little spaceships on a string and you know, the vampire movies were, yeah, where yeah. you could see the strings on the bats as they were attacking people, yeah. you know? So I go way back with that stuff, but I just happen to know who they are and where they really come from. Well, and this is what's interesting is, is I did a round table discussion not too long ago with like Nate from MUFON. He's the president of preventative measures, I believe for MUFON with, in Canada. 
and there Chuck from Fire Theft Radio, a couple other guys, Enoch, we get together and we're having this discussion and it's like just the simplicity of what the word says, right? So this is where I, you know, I'll ask my next question to follow up as soon as I'm done here on angels in the Bible, right? We have Malak in the Hebrew and Angelos in the Greek. And the word says that angels, are they not all ministering spirits who minister to those who inherit eternity? There's fallen angels and there's angels that did not fall. An angel is a job title. It's not a description. And this is where it's like, if the church, if we were on the cutting edge, right? Like this is just an introductory, reintroductory into this topic that I've been pushing for quite some time. Read your Bibles, you guys. Let's look at definitions. Let's get in tune with what the spirit wants to equip us with so that we're able to withstand. We can do all we can to stand in these days to come and our sonship, our positions in the ecclesia are going to very interesting, I must say. But l- let me ask you this, Doc. Let's talk a little bit about that angel and alien thing, right? Because alien's a newer coin term to represent either an interdimensional or extraterrestrial biological, right? So j- let me hear you talk a little bit about this. Let's talk a little bit about angels and aliens here for a minute. So in the Area 51s in these different places, and you know they recruit people that are way above average intelligence to do specific things for the government or whoever it really is that does all that stuff. I mean, I don't really care one way or another about that part of it. But there's one thing that they're told that I find to be just fascinating. They'll say something like, you can talk to these, whether they're tall grays, short grays, medium grays, tall Nordics, other kind of Nordics. I mean, you know, whatever they all are reptiles, I don't care. If they're real beings that these people are seeing, they're obviously seeing something. They probably could go up if they would be allowed, they could touch that and it would have some kind of physicality. But you can talk to them about Buddha. You can talk to them about Confucius. You can talk to them about Muhammad. You can talk to them about boxing and soccer, but you can't mention the name of Jesus. Now, why is that? Exactly. Okay, that should throw up a red flag for anybody that's got any reasoning abilities left. If there's only one name that you can't mention, that's a problem. And it's a problem for them because they're illegals. Most of those created beings are were, were experiments and science projects by the enemy's camp. Even if man is only here 6,000 years, did the enemy fall 6,001 years ago? It could have been in Earth-type years 20 billion years ago, for all we know. We don't know when that was. So he's been out doing nefarious things for a long time. And you say, well, why didn't the God of creation stop him? Well, because God had a plan. He designed everything and completed it to a certain level because in part of that design, he wanted a family group that would be made in his image who would go around and complete that design throughout all the verses, multiverses, realms, dimensions, whatever. Did he plan on the enemy and his camp falling? I'm sure that he saw it coming because he sees the the end from the beginning and the beginning and the end, but I'm sure that he would rather that it didn't happen. Yeah. 
But part of what mankind is supposed to do is undo, not just on earth, but everywhere, all the damage and chaos that Satan and his group brought into created order. We are the ones, true humans, 100% humans, are the ones that have a target on their back. Wow. Because we have the ability, Rod, to carry the full image of the Son of Man in us. We are designed that way. Now, the, the, the Adam's original creation was made with a corrupted seed, or he wouldn't have been able to fall. But when Jesus rose from the dead, he became the pure, incorruptible seed, and it is according to that image that the new birth, the birth from above of water and spirit has been enabled, which means that if we will walk in the fullness of that, Jesus himself actually, the best way I could say is takes a layer of himself, brings his throne with him and sets it up right smack dab in the middle of our soul in full glory and authority. And if we'll do the work, like you said, working out the salvation with fear and trembling, that's not to stay saved. That's so that we walk into full sonship because we got to get rid of the filters and static. Once, once we yeah. enable that process, hmm. then with his fullness, he is able to begin. And thank God it's gradually, but to, to move glory through our soul, well, through our spirit, then our soul, and then through our body to change everything, to create photon shifts, mm. to do all kinds of things. And just to show you the level of power, we're all familiar with the, the, the biblical happening that we call a story of Joshua and the children of Israel marching around the walls of Jericho. Yeah. We know that they did it once each day for six days and then seven times on the seventh day. And then the priest blew the trumpet and the walls fell down. Well, I was talking to the Lord about that one day. And I'm sorry if I offend some people that he actually answers me. And because I've learned to hear his inner voice very clearly, I can actually personally tell the difference between the voice of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, you know, if people are unhappy with that, I'm really, really sorry, but I can't. So I'm talking to the father and he said, son, I said, yes, sir. He said, do you think when they blew the trumpets that and sounded the shofars or whatever they were, um, that the walls just fell flat down? I said, well, that's kind of what the story indicates. He said, well, let me tell you something. He said it. And he said this kind of a little tongue in cheek, but it's there's great truth in it. He said, can you imagine having several million Jewish people? being completely quiet, marching around a whole city. And I said, okay. Well, then I realized he was referring to the fact that a lot of the Jewish folks like to talk. Well, a lot of people do, but I think that was the, the illusion. So I kind of got a little chuckle out of that. He said, but let me tell you what was really going on. He said their level of obedience was so great that frequencies by my spirit were going into the ground. And then when those trumpets blue it set up a massive phone photon shift and caused an earthquake through through resonant frequency he said had they not been obedient 
to walk around and impart those frequencies in the ground, sure, I could have done an earthquake, but I, I involved them. I let them be part of the process. Now, how cool is that? Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So, so, so where do the aliens come from? I do, I do believe that, that, that there are personal, this is my personal belief based on the Hmm. research that I've done. I do believe that most of the physicalities of what we see are individuals that are hybrids of some sort with the express purpose of replacing humanity because we're the ones that can bear God's image and they can't. Yeah, I, I would say I'm on that same track. You know, there, there's the term meat suits I've heard. Obviously, we, we're dealing with spiritual entities. And the frequency and vibration conversation, man, that is, yeah, we, we have we have quite some time over the next couple of appearances where I definitely want to deep dive into that. But um, let, let me just fire my next question here sure. at you, okay? All right. So I want, actually, I want to get into your book a little bit, you know, this voice analysis, voice print technology, and it's this valuable tool for assessing the human experience on multiple different levels. It's amazing. It's amazing. Give give us an overview uh, about your book. Let's dive into the voice analysis technology, what you're doing with uh, the health and even um, the spiritual assessments there. Let's get familiarized with that. Okay, so if we kind of pick up on, you know, the the little story about myself earlier, one of the what I did is I became proficient in a technique called contact reflex analysis, which in most cases is used by chiropractors, and um, they match the nutrition up with what they find when they're testing people through a. They use we use the meridian system of the body, not just applied kinesiology, which is similar, but different. We use the meridians. And if there's a hot spot in a particular area, we're able to trace back through the systems and see, you know, somebody complains, let's say their calf is hurting and we trace through the systems of the body and we find out that they've got a stone caught in their bile duct of their liver. And so, you know, we can trace through all that kind of stuff. And, but that's somebody being in front of me. So I got, I've been doing about 10 years and, and I, and I, I believe had, had reached a, a quite a level of proficiency because unlike the chiropractors that are still focusing on building their particular practices, which they should do with adjustments and different phys, you know, physiotherapy or whatever that they, they, they do, all I had was the nutritional part. So one of my sons and I, we went to just health food store after health food store and we test and we took notes and we rated different products and how they would work against this problem and that problem, this problem. So I got even better and more knowledgeable than the majority of the people that would know this technique, not everyone, but probably 80, 90%, just because I was doing the nutritional part. So I went to a conference that was uh, put on by um, Dr. Versendahl um, in Atlanta some years ago. And this lady comes up to me and just out of the blue and she looks at me and because Dr. Versendahl had asked me to open the, uh, the session. And because in those days they used uh, VCR tapes. Remember the good old VCR tapes? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I okay. do. And so she comes up um, at our first break and she said, you know, 
you can hear people's voices and then you can be tested in their place. I said, oh, really? I said, I'm going to test that out. Well, a few weeks later, a church group had got about 50 people together that all wanted evaluations. And I had their names and phone numbers. So I thought, well, what would it hurt me? Because I, ha I have my sheets printed out. If I just print 50 more and I call each one of them, maybe find out a little bit about what they're wanting to work on. And I got a hold of all 50, did the tests before I went, left them at home, went there, did them all, brought their paperwork back and compared them. And they were literally 100% the same. And, and so I knew then at that point that it worked. What I didn't know, and I'll get into the sonship thing, because you'll see how it kind of fits into the, the, the storyline here in a minute, is when you have that voice print, it can also tell you other information. So it's not completely unlike maybe taking a lie detector test with one big difference. There are those that can fool maybe the person that's administering the lie detector test if they're really well trained. With this, it doesn't matter if you change your voice, you speak high, you speak low, as long as you don't use one of those voice changing modulators, I can it's not going to do anything to change the way the test is going to come out. The test has nothing to do with whether I like the person or not, whether I think they have this or that. It's pure frequency science. Okay. And we, I think we've all matured enough now that compared to the, uh, you know, the nineties when everything was called new age, that we don't need to call that new age anymore because science has grown up a little bit. Yeah, And it's kind of funny to me, too, because a lot of the folks that will name something New Age, I, I, I've gotten to the point now where I say, okay, so you're a New Age expert. Let me tell what are your credentials in the New Age? Well, I just know that, you know, if it's something we can't see, it's got to be New Age. I said, so, okay, I, I see where you're coming from. Next. So, <laughs> I mean, sorry, I just don't have time for that that anymore. You know, I've, I've been through all of that, and, and I don't have to explain this to anybody that way, okay? so. So it turns out that, so I'm doing the nutritional things. Well, about four years ago, which would have been 2019, my wife and I were, it was February, and her middle son, who worked for one of the uh, subsidiaries of Verizon uh, Wireless, just got a promotion to where he was going to become part over owner of a uh, franchise in the Indianapolis, Indiana area. And they moved. They only lived three houses down from us. And so he, he left very quickly and went up there. And then his family followed in May. And we were sitting around then and we looked at each other. We're sitting on our front porch and the weather was finally getting nice up in Louisville. And said, we don't have any reason to stay here anymore. Where should we move? So we chose the Gulf Shores of Alabama because we figured that if we got a place down here that everybody would come see us and that has turned out to be true. So then we moved down here in the end of July of 2019 and of course uh, 
you know, I'm already well into my 60s and I'm thinking, oh, man, there's so many cool golf courses around. And and uh, Brother John Kilpatrick's got a church up in uh, Daphne, Alabama, which is like, you know, 18 miles from where we live. It takes 30 minutes to get there because it's kind of country roadish type that stuff. But he's the guy that was the head pastor of the Pensacola Revival in the 90s, for those people who remember that. And so I thought, man, life's going to be good. Play golf, mow my lawn. Maybe if family members need a little bit of help. Well, one of the first Sundays we get there, they're having one of those old timey services that I just love where the glory is just everywhere and the power of God is everywhere. And so he starts praying for people. And my wife says, hey, you've never had Brother John pray for you. See if, see if he won't come up to you. Well, there's people just mobbing him. And I thought, yeah, right. I'm going to have any chance of getting close. He walks right up to me. Now, I'm not a small guy. Um, I'm, I, I weigh about 180 pounds, but I'm a little over six feet tall. So he's about the same size, but he's a big guy. And he's got a way bigger hand than I do. He puts his mitt right on top of my head, and it was like he was palming a basketball or something. But it was so loud, he pulls my ear up to his mouth, basically, and says, Brother, you, you are following the will of the Lord. It was God that told you to move down to this area. But here's what he's also saying to you. You thought you were going to retire. The Lord says you're going to be busier now and have more revelation and more insight into things than you've ever had in your entire life all in this season. And then thankfully, I was close to some chairs because I don't usually get slain in the spirit. And if people don't know what that term means, it means you fall down because the power of God's so heavy you can't stand up. So I just kind of politely sat down because usually I don't get slain in the spirit. <laughs> and I'm contemplating it. And then I make my way back to... Uh, and because I got to tell this whole story because it's really hilarious. Um, you know, so I'm thinking, oh, man, am I ever going to go down? You know, I mean, because but I felt the power. It was like different. It was like this heavy cabode type thing. But I didn't go down. So my wife and I, we make our way out to the car and we decide to eat lunch a little bit down the road. And so it had a gravel driveway. And, and so I dropped her off at the door and I pull over and find a parking spot and I get out and I collapse face down into the ground onto the gravel. The power of God hit me and I laid there for about five minutes until I could finally get myself back up. There wasn't anything wrong with me. My heart didn't stop. The power of God decides to hit me in a parking lot and put me flat on my face just to show me who he really was. And I said, okay, Lord, I get the message. I see what you're saying. Yes, I'm going to answer this. So, <laughs> so that's the story of how all of oh. a sudden I said, okay, so what do we do? Well, the next step was, is that my wife, who is got a way, way better way with words than I ever will. And she's a tremendous writer as well. And she had said something on Facebook and got banned. And she wanted to sell something. She said, can I open up a Facebook account for you? Because I need to sell this. I said, yeah, okay. Well, when she got unbanned, she turns the thing back over to me because it was in my name. And I thought, well, I'll just start reaching out to some Christian people that I know here or there. Well, to make a very long story short, after a few months, a lot of the folks started asking me, hey, do you still do the alternative medicine, nutritional thing, you know, whatever you call it? And I said, sure, yeah, I can test you. 
Well, then a little more time goes by and I'm testing a few people here, a few people there. And they said, well, listen, since the voice works for our nutrition, could you come up with some kind of a sheet that tells us how we're doing with our walk as we're engaging heaven? Yeah. Okay. So I said, okay. well, I'll see. And sure enough, the Lord gave me. So that's the one that when I did for you is called the spiritual assessment. Because, I'm, mm -hmm. because the, the nutritional one is as detailed as what most functional medicine doctors are going to do um, even after hundreds and hundreds of dollars of tests. But it's all your body's energy giving me the, the really true baseline, even better than many of the tests that exist today. But with the spiritual assessment rod, as, as you might recall, we can actually measure on a scale of zero to 10, with 10 being the best, how, you, how your engagement with the Lord is going. Are you engaging well? Is your relationship well? How good is your body and soul and your spirit getting along? And if there's filters and static, it's going to show up in the numbers. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. so then we go through all kinds of other things. So then... Because I'm testing more and more people and I'm getting pretty busy at this time and people are tickled because they know, hey, wait a minute, I need to spend a little bit more time in the river of life. The fire and the glory's kind of dipped a little low. Let me see if mm -hmm. I can do an engagement. So, you know, they're using this in a proper way, not for us to compare against each other, but just so that they know when they have their special times with the Lord that they know where to go. So let's focus on the weak things and bring the whole, the whole thing up to a higher level. So I'm sitting out on my back screened in porch one day and I said, Lord, I said, you know, you and I both know things have changed since the 90s and early 2000s and people are better when they're on the nutrition and most of them do pretty good. But it just seems like there's stuff running in the background that I never used to know about. Now, maybe as our conversations, you know, get a little bit more in depth and one or two down the road or whatever. But one of the tests that I do is I can actually test and see if somebody, if they see better or if they know better in how they relate with the Lord. So some people just see things in the spirit realm. I'm not one of those. I'm more of a knower. So it's kind of humorous that being a knower, I'm sitting out and I'm just saying, you know, Lord, I'm just, you know, I'm just going here just to talk to you, you know, and if you can tell me anything, I'd like to kind of know what's going on. Well, instead of talking to me that way, right in front of me is a six foot tall, roughly my size, flaming outline of a person and i go okay what is that he said that's your soul i said well what do you have to tell me about the soul he said well first of all the soul doesn't function and hardly do anything the way that i designed it and i'm going to reveal to you over time what that is and we're still working on that but we've gotten a long way but then he said there's nine main points on your body that if you've had a very deep trauma that actually crosses the line and it's not just a disappointment, it's a real trauma, this energy is going to hide behind one of nine points on the body. And I wanted you to see that that energy attaches itself to this. This is what your soul looks like. So he gave me those nine points and I can now find if there's any trapped energies. And to me, they look like they're about the size of a tennis ball behind either the thyroid, the heart, the stomach, the liver, the large intestines, the right psoas, which is down by your um, appendix, roughly speaking, the lungs, the kidneys, and the spleen. And then he gave me a way, using the illustration of the, the 
children of Israel going around the walls of Jericho on how to use angelic help to get rid of those. So I'm going, okay, that's really cool. Well, then I started getting connected with several groups that do deliverance and inner healing and and, you know, because obviously it makes sense that over time the circle gets a little bit wider and wider because you're running into more people. And hopefully if people are satisfied, they're going to tell their friends and it takes time, but it builds. Well, the people started asking me, OK, you can do nutritional stuff with person specific accuracy. You can do that spiritual assessment. You can find out if there's trapped energy in the soul. Well, what about other things? I said, well, what do you mean? Well, when we do deliverance, we need to know things like, is there a bad timeline attached to somebody? Is part of their being fractured or split in any way? Are there regions of captivity? Are there soul ties? On and on this thing goes. Hidden nuptials, which is like a marriage contract, say, to make the Masonic order or... Um, slavery for some of our folks that were either indentured servants or slaves at some point and on and on it goes well sure enough i found out i could test for all of that so i've got this group of people and i'm hearing common discussions across the board because and i don't really want to mention any names but there's a lot of really wonderful ministries out there that are writing great helpful books and workbooks for people. So, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I highly, I could highly recommend, but I'm, I'm not going to mention any names because when you start doing that, then you're going to leave somebody who's really good out and then they get mad at you, you know? So <laughs> you know how that goes. Yeah. yeah. So, so when I look across the scope of YouTube and, and, uh, the, what's it, Patreon and, you know, all the different ones and all these different people that are ministering and, you know, what's available on Amazon Kindle and all this. One thing I didn't really see was a book that, and, the, and I'm saying this tongue in cheek. So if somebody's just tuning in, this is, I'm going to just set you up. This is kind of a joke about what I'm going to say here in a minute. But basically I saw that there was a need for a book that would be kind of like Sonship for Dummies of which I included myself into that, okay? So I started seeking the Lord because, again, a lot of my clients were saying, well, you know, I'm doing good here, but I'm a little light here. I realized, Rod, that a lot of people, especially if they were, trans they, they just had, were so hungry for God and they were coming out of the Baptist movement or the Methodist movement or Lutherans, they didn't have anywhere to go to give them the verbiage and the anchors to even understand what we were doing. Because, you know, they're hearing people like us go, okay, did you land your scroll and did you do this and did you do that? And it's like a different language to them. So I wrote the book, Moving Toward Sonship, which, by the way, is available not on Kindle, but just like Amazon when you order like a car tire or something like that. You can, yeah. you can write in Moving Toward Sonship by Dr. Robert Rodich and it'll come up. I think it's 25 bucks or something. But it's got a nice workbook in the back, too. So, But anyway... So the, the Lord just started giving me these downloads. And finally, one day I got them all out and I said, well, what am I going to do with these? And when I laid them together, they were like a manuscript. So I submitted them to a good friend of mine, Dr. Ron Horner. And he said, oh my gosh, man, this is a book. You just need to sit down and put it together. So I did. And that became the book, 
moving towards sonship. So that is literally the entire story of how a guy that was a pastor for over 30 years with the Assemblies of God, and if you know about the Assemblies, even a regional presbyter, and who needed a way to make a living, who moved into wellness to help people out who for some reason weren't being healed, which it did help them out. And then the Lord said, that same technique that you learn can do all this other stuff. And then now understanding all of those principles, he's really cracking the nut of Daniel open to us. So we're understanding how the great inner workings of relationship work so that the level of power that is going to be released on planet Earth is just going to be beyond belief, even though we all think the rapture might happen day after tomorrow. I am occupying, right? We're called to occupy. Exactly. And what you're sharing is very important. And, and for the audience, it will make sense as time goes on. So let me, let me follow up with a couple questions here, okay? So I'd like to start with, with this one. What is one of the most common things that you find among all of, all of your work? with people using this, you know, voice analytic technology, is there kind of like a standard across the board um, issue that shows up? Are you talking about um, if I did say something on the nutritional test, because there's like, you know, tons and tons of things that I cover, you know, is there maybe one commonality that maybe 70% of the people need to work on their adrenal function or something like that? Is that what exactly? Okay. And let me frame it like this, right? Okay. So even in the beginning of this episode, we talked a little bit about the stuff that's being sprayed in the air, in the foods, right? We right. know that these things are taking place. And also for like the spiritual end of things. So what I've been developing and just kind of looking at being inspired by many others, and I won't name drop, but I've been talking about this more recent than not is what I'm considering to be a phase one level one satanic ritual abuse. And I believe through just the broadband of frequency of the technology of this day and age, the subliminal contacting, right? Like as in the flashing billboards, we have the music, we have the commercials, we have the frequencies and vibrations going out of all of these different, you know, mega systems all the way down to the little tiny computer in your pocket. And I, and believing more and more that people are subjected to this, what I'm considering to be a level one satanic ritual abuse. Now there's many levels. It goes deeper. I've had some people on the show and I've talked off air with many people about some very deep and particular dark things that happen within that realm. But I believe we're all subject to this in this world of technology. So when it comes to like the nutritional aspect and maybe even the spiritual, if you're comfortable with just kind of giving, well, these are some common things that show up. It can help me and the audience even connect some puzzle pieces like, oh, well, 5G. I mean, we did a symposium doc a few months back with a bunch of researchers and we were reading just the list of things uh, that are medically determined from these, from frequencies of uh, industrial equipment um, all the way down to cell phones, what can transpire to people that are sensitive to electromagnetic frequency. And it's like 99 problems. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, oh my most gosh. Of us have one, I'm, I'm, right? and, you, and you only <laughs> want to do two more shows. 
Well, oh, probably be more than that, to oh. be honest with you. Well, okay. So, <laughs> uh, listen, I mean, you know, so many things just fired off in my brain. I hope if I can remember two or three of them that will be doing good. First of all, you're exactly right. There are all kinds of things. And if you want to call it level one, that's, that's, that's fine, that we're just facing on the everyday. Okay, so everything that we're around, Wi-Fi, 4G, 5G, um, radio signals. I mean, who says that they can't juice something with AM signals if they wanted to or FM signals? Those, those have been going through us our whole lives. The content that is in the TV shows that, that we don't know if there's some kind of, we used to call it backmasking, you know, in the old days, you know, uh, you know, with the, the Beatles record going backwards, turn me on dead man, you know, when it was, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, yeah. you know, then we found out that the movie theater, they were flashing drink Coke and then half the audience gets up. Now I wasn't one of those. So apparently my mind didn't work that fast or something, but, and then everybody gets up and they go drink Coke. So yeah, I mean, we've been subject to this for a long, long time, but again, Let's keep it in focus to the point of why are they doing it? Because true human beings were made in the image of God, can be born again in the image of God, which by the way, that's why Jesus is the only way. This transaction and this transition that needs to take place from the old nature to the new cannot be activated through any other religious system. Even Christianity, if, it, if you're not born again, then it's just words. So they're after us. So how do they dumb us down? With frequencies, getting us to be sick all the time. But more than that, they try to throw our soul out of balance so that there can't be the free flow of God's glory and his fire from our spirit through our soul and then released through both our words and even through the very cells as they resonate out into the world around us. It's not a conspiracy theory to say that why is um, high fructose corn syrup in everything for Pete's sake? Yeah, you know, exactly. I, I thought I was cheating when I was eating sugar cubes as a kid, you know? Well, that's, that was real sugar. You know, I mean, everything, yeah. even health foods. But here's, here's why even the, the whole food thing and, and the stuff that you were referring to is so important. A lot of people don't know this. This is pretty basic in, in the, the nutritional field. When you take a supplement, it gets digested. And assuming you have a strong enough digestive ability, and then it moves into the large intestine, eventually small intestine first. Whatever's in there, and your food for that matter, steak, chicken, broccoli, doesn't matter, breaks down. When it breaks down to the level that it can actually tell your cells what to do, it breaks down to a frequency. Okay? So you've got all these cells waiting to be told, do this, do that, respond this way, do it this Hmm. way. Yeah. So what happens if you're used to eating, say, corn in the 1940s and you like, you know, because being from Iowa originally, um, you know, the, the, the corn state. OK, well. It didn't bother people much. 
people used to enjoy it. Couldn't wait for August to roll around. Just put some salt and butter on that sweet corn. Oh, man, I can taste it right now just talking about it. <laughs> but the problem is, is they started genetically modifying everything. Well, when you genetically modify it and you throw um, bee venom in there just to maybe make it more resistant to a certain bug, when it breaks down, it doesn't break down in the free, into a frequency to help the body heal or respond better. Sometimes it's actually a bad frequency. And so we're facing that on every level, but it's again, it's because they're trying to change our image. Now, we're all aware of everything that's gone on the world health-wise the last two or three years. There is a reason why this took place in in the first place. Because there is a group of individuals whose plan is to push Satan's endgame as quickly as possible. Which if I was Satan, knowing that I was already defeated, I would try to put it off as long as possible. But, you know, that's what pride and arrogance does. You think you're going to force the hand of somebody. So all of the things that were developed to help us cope with these health challenges actually alter who we are with the eventual goal of altering us so much that we can't even respond to the gospel. Now, does that sound anything like something the book of Revelation says, those who took the mark of the beast? And and the reference point is, is they can no longer be saved. Well, why can't they be saved? Because something was genetically modified. So is it possible that some of the things that are being inserted to people are being genetically modified with other than human being things that would make some people other than human? Well, if you're no longer a human, you can't accept Christ as Lord and Savior because that's the one design that was made from heaven to carry his image. So you see where all this stuff is going. And if somebody just tuned in and they said, oh my gosh, this is like the worst conspiracy. No, I see it every day. I test it every day. I found out what boron could do within the first month of the recent pandemic. Nobody told me that. I figured it out on my own. Well, I didn't really. The Lord told me that it short circuits a lot of stuff. You just have to know what you're doing. So don't everybody go out and start taking handfuls of boron. But so to your greater point, yes, it's real. There's these things going on, but we always have to keep in mind that, again, I'll say it again. I can't say it enough. It's about diminishing us so that we do not rise up into the fullness of who we're supposed to be, because we've only seen snippets of what the sons and daughters of God can be and are going to do in the near future throughout history. This is going to be in mass, and they are absolutely afraid of that. And so they're pulling out all stops. They're really afraid of us is what's going on. So I don't know if that answers the question or not, but that's, that's my take on it. Yes, and uh, so much more, so much more. And, and I feel like there's, uh, we could go a lot deeper even. Oh, sure. 
I mean, some of the greatest feedback. Well, I shouldn't say that, but I've had some very interesting messages just based on these symposiums that were done over the last uh, six or eight months here. And people saying, wow, that really resonates with me. And what I'm finding is people from all different levels of starting to understand the reality of the world that we're living in, right? Whatever, wherever they're at, we're trying to meet people where they're at. We're trying to declare to them, Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Lord of Lords. There's one name given under heaven by which we may be saved by. That's right. But we can't forget verses like be wise as a serpent and as harmless as a dove mm-hmm. or to be aware of the devil's strategy and his tactics. I mean, <laughs> the well, Nakash, the serpent, was pretty wise. It was the wisest of all the beasts. That's a pretty high command. I, I'm not insinuating I'm even right. close, man. That's why I'm doing the podcast. <laughs> it's like, well, but, but you saw how wise he was. You know, the, the temptation was, um, you know, did God really tell you the whole truth? What if there was a whole n- another exactly. system of body of knowledge out there that he's hiding from you? Why would he do that? Well, okay, so now we're going to turn the table. Because, you know, with all this other stuff going on, we're going to say, okay, so I have creative abilities as the son, as a son of the most high. I'm going to make a heavenly Tesla dome to walk around in. So go ahead. Try. Yeah. I mean, people think, oh, man, that guy, you know, what is he smoking? You know, that he's talking that way. Uh, Wait a minute. We battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. Do we think exactly. they don't? They have technology. Why don't yeah. we have technology? Well, brother, Whoa. because you got to know that once the gospel was established, we didn't need the gifts or the power of God anymore. And then I say, well, what have you been smoking? <laughs> and I, I would add on and say more and more people slowly are coming into agreement with the ideas that we are presenting from a biblical perspective and being aware of our surroundings, calculating out, Hey, this is what I have been a victim of, right? This is my testimony. These things have come against me. I have prayed. I'm fasting. I'm calling out to the name of God. It is by the power of the spirit that, that God is, is going to win this. And that, more and more people are coming over into the agreement with episodes like this, with this podcast in general. And that's, what's exciting about this time because personally the enemy's trying to destroy my life right now. It's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's what's kind of going on. And I'm just like, well, I'm not alone. I hear tons of people that are um, walking and saying, Hey, we want a frontline position here. We want to be a part of the ecclesia. We want to, um, be plugged into what God is going to do in this generation. I want to know what my status is, right? Going to church Wednesdays and Sundays has not unlocked the revelation of my sonship, right? I've been taught scriptures and I've been taught healthy doctrine, but we are called to go deeper. Exactly. It a relationship. Exactly. It's a relationship. I mean, this is something where every single day we should be literally pressing in and, and calling out and a humble, broken, contrite spirit, the Lord does not reject. So for listeners out there, if you guys find yourself, there's a whirlwind around you, there's wars taking place. We're not going to get into the rabbit trail of everything going wrong, but open up your eyes. It's all happening. It's right there. A broken and contrite spirit, the Lord does not reject. That's right. So if you find yourself at that place, 
and you've listened to this episode and you've got questions and you're taking this journey and you're going, whoa, information overload for some of you. Other people may be saying, yeah, check that box. I understand what's happening here. It reaffirms some things that that I've been wrestling with. Well, you know, you asked about commonalities. And one of the things that I can say is, is that Jesus made a statement and he said, Satan has nothing in me. Okay. What, and, and, and I don't mean to lay this like as, as condemnation on people because we're all growing in this. There's so many different levels. But one of the reasons to get my book is because it gives you a foundation to work off of. It filled a gap because there wasn't one like that out there that I was aware of that gave us the terminology and understanding. But I repeat over and over in the book, we cut our teeth on getting rid of the filters and static within ourselves first before we jump out there and start doing heavy kingdom stuff. Because it's in, exactly. it's kind of like being in a flight simulator over and over and over again. And then finally we get a knock on the door and said, okay, it's time to try a real plane now. Okay. But you've become proficient and we are our own flight simulator. And so everybody's had their hurts, disappointments, you know, family uh, things passed on from generation to generation. We cut our teeth, but we also establish very powerful abilities as we successfully move through one level after another, after another. Okay. And when we do that, then there does come a point where we go on the offensive, not just out of our own head, because then we've just fell back into operating out of our soul because we're led by the Holy spirit in our spirit to do what we see the father doing daily. And that's our safety net. And that's how we stay humble because if we don't go outside of that, we're never going to do anything on our own out of just being mad because something upset us or whatever, because then we fall into the enemy's hands. But the Lord is training all of us. And so in this, when I see the frequencies, when I see all the other things, a lot of the same things seem to happen over and over again. The liver becomes congested. People either get hardening of the arteries or they gain weight, especially around the midsection. Most everybody's adrenal glands are shot. Sometimes it's the thyroid. Well, we, we know how to match supplements, at least to get them kind of treading water instead of sinking down below. But it's also mm -hmm. all this spiritual stuff that we need to get going, brother, because uh -huh. it, there's a real danger. And it, OK, so I have I, I love every one of my grandchildren equally. It's so funny to see how some are kind of more quiet and austere and then the other ones are just bubbly and funny. And it's like they were born that way. But I've got one granddaughter who is so very precocious and I believe she's five right now. And she's very smart. I mean, she's she, one day she she wanted to play a game of war with me, you know, with cards like I had a nine, but she had a jack. And she said she looked at me and she looked at me and she said, Grandpa, she said, I'm just telling you, you better be prepared to lose. I almost always win. I said, OK, <laughs> you know, and, and guess what? She beat me. OK, but I'm not going to give that child as smart as she is and as precocious as she is, the keys to my car. That would be crazy because knowing her, she might figure out a way to put blocks on her feet and decide to go up and down the street. Well, that probably wouldn't be safe for everybody. There's a lot of believers out there. Even if you've been in the word a lot, that's a good thing. That's fact. It's a very good thing. But have you engaged with that word until it jumps out at you and goes from being logos to rhema? meaning it's alive. Uh -huh. 
has that yes. st- has that started working in between the layers of your body, soul, and spirit to bring about changes to form you into the image of Christ? So it, we don't. So one of the things that could be said about the movement that I'm a part of is that we have a lot of experiences, but I can sit here today and tell you that I didn't ask for one of them. They came because of my dedication to the word, because of my knowledge of the word, and because I was pressing into the heart of the father and he just took me there. One day I was having communion and just loving on the Lord Jesus, just thanking him for everything that he did. And he said, hey, you want to go to my workshop? And the next thing I know, I'm walking around in, around in his heavenly workshop. Now, to put that in perspective, I'm a knower. I don't usually see things, but boy, did he have a workshop. I got to see that day. Well, the religious purists would just have a heart attack. He's saying you can go to Jesus's workshop during communion. Well, maybe Jesus wants to take you for a nice walk through a field and put his arm around you and hug away all the abuse and all the times where you were never understood all the times that your heart was absolutely devastatingly broken. And during that communion time that he wants to do that. Well, first of all, you've got to know it's possible. But if he did, how would that not be a good thing, Rod? This is how we expand. Wow. It's little me and big Jesus. And if it's big Jesus, how about letting him really be big Instead of just putting him in a box and saying, well, you can only come out when I tell you. That's really what we're doing if we're buying into the way that the world works. Heaven works on a completely different paradigm shift and system of operations than what we do. And we are supposed to live in both places at the same time. Christ in me, the hope of glory, yes, but... I'm also seated with him in heavenly places. It's not a metaphor. I'm actually there. I'm seated inside of him. Oh, brother, you're getting weird on us. No, I'm not. We have, how can Jesus be a million or 50 million or 100 billion places at the same time? Well, what if he gave us four or five layers of our spirit to be able to do the same thing? Now, the New Agers do that with their soul. And they stretch that silver strand. We don't do that with our soul. We live and move and have our being in him. And we operate out of our spirit. That's why they're afraid of us. That's why they're trying to keep us screwed up. I'm going to have to listen to this on replay a few times myself, Doc. This is... This is what the church needs to hear. This is what I need to hear. This is what the listeners need to hear. So I, I can't, I have more questions. Uh, we're going to, we're going to wind down here and and there's definitely a part two, three, four. I mean, they just, I, I don't see an ending to it. You'll just have to be a, a, you know, a quarterly or monthly guest at this point in time, because there's so much, so much ground for us to cover and so much already covered. Yeah, I'm going to have to marinate in this for a little bit, Doc. Well, the, I'm open the next few Mondays after that. I don't know, but, uh, you know, you just, however the Lord leads, brother, I'm around if you need me. But Mondays definitely at this time are my best time. So, Well, let's let's tell the audience where they can find your book. Is there a place that you recommend that they purchase, like Amazon or your website? And I'll also put links in the show notes for everybody. Okay. And then 
close us out here. Give us uh, some winding down words. Okay. Well, okay. So my website is actually docrodich.com. So I'm going to spell that out. Doc is just short for doctor. So it's D-O-C. And then my last name, which is R-O-D is in David, I-C-H. Now, some people put a K at the end. It's not a K. It's an H. So it's docrodich.com. When you go to my website, there'll be a couple of videos up and that my web host was uh, gracious to put in. But you'll see right away an explanation of what I do. For those who want the complete package, because it's split up on my website, it's $250 to do the nutritional and then it's $250 to have the spiritual test. But if they're combined, there's a $100 discount, so it's $400. There's links there. You'll tell me a little bit about yourself, that type of thing, because it allows a video. I'll get an email. I do use PayPal that way. But also on the site is a link that takes you directly to lulu.com where you can order my book. Now, it usually takes about a week, week and a half. And uh, But I recommend it as a reference primarily because the Lord gave it to me as a download and I still have to refer back to it. So, uh, you know, I'd love to say I'm this brilliant, wild and crazy guy like Steve Martin. But, uh, you know, I'm just honored that the Lord said, hey, I've asked all these other people to do it. They didn't do it. There's old Doc. Let's call on him. You know, he always says yes. So that's that's <laughs> what heaven did. And and Thanks, so um, so that's like I said, docrodich.com. Or if you just want it really quick, you just go to Amazon, but not the Kindle. And it's 25 bucks. And like I said, it's got the workbook at the end. And as far as, you know, maybe maybe I would like to leave the folks with a thought. So very often what we're molded by in life is people that pass one thing on from one generation to another. However, because of the severity of the battle that is really going on against those that call upon the name of the true Lord, and that's Jesus Christ, we, can't, we have to go back and we have to look at a lot of things. Not what salvation means, not being filled with the Holy Ghost, not the fruits of the Spirit, none of those things. Those things have always been great and active and should be paramount in what we do. But I'm talking about some of the doctrines and activities that result from doctrines that in and of themselves keep us limited. We need to be like the apostles who, when they were walking down the road, their shadow touched somebody and they were healed. The naysayers always say, well, they were apostles. So? They believed the same way that I believed. What they had is they had everything such balance and synchronization that the Lord of glory was walking in them and the Holy Spirit was all around them and tell me why we shouldn't be that way today. So please be challenged to be stretched in your inner man or woman. And allow the Lord to come in at levels that you never dreamed of because he's big enough to fill that into infinity. Let him, as a result of pressing into his heart, show you things that you never dreamed that you would know, but then turn around and be a blessing to other people. Because the reason that the world is in the mess that it's in today 
is because we've allowed society, culture, so many other things to dumb us down. My challenge to each and every one of us would be, isn't it time that it, children of the living God bring heaven culture down to earth and start demonstrating it in a visible fashion? That's not just for after we die, it's for now. And those who can catch on to that, they're going to be the game changers and the world changers. Phenomenal. And I couldn't recommend your book more to the audience. You guys go get a copy of Moving Towards Sonship with the workbook. You'll find some details in the show notes, listeners. Um, reiterating what uh, Doc told us where to get where to get his book from. And uh, I'm excited to have him back in the future. A bit of a cliffhanger with the questions I have. And I know with you guys as the audience, you've got plenty of questions too. So keep your eyes open for a part two in the near future. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and to share this episode. I know it was helpful. I know it was edifying. Share it with your friend, family member, coworker. Just share the show. And coming to you from Southeastern Pennsylvania, God bless and goodbye.